We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All you sickos out there, it is Josh Bo from Pod Maverick, you're one of your co-hosts, also editor over at mazmoneyball.com, coming to you about 9.45 Texas time on a Friday night by myself, no co-host Kirk Henderson, as he once again needed another night off, well-deserved. He had uh, quite the day, so we need to give Kirk as much rest as he can, because quite frankly... We don't really need him for this one. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how long we're going to be talking tonight because I don't know what else there is to talk about. Mavericks lose 122-96 to to the Houston Rockets in a game that had no Luka Doncic, no Kyrie Irving, no Derek Lively, no Josh Green, no Maxi Kleba. Um, so this was penciled in as a loss before this game even tipped off. It was a most likely going to be a blowout. It turned into a blowout sometime in the uh, middle of the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, it was, you know, a 30 plus point lead uh, at certain points. And and by then uh, we were graced with a fourth quarter that was entirely garbage time, which is an NBA treat for all of uh, the sickos out here. And if you're on this podcast right now, you're watching on a Saturday night. um, If you're in, if you're stateside, if you're in the United States, if you're watching, a Mavericks live show podcast recap on a Saturday night after the Mavericks lose a stinker with none of the stars playing. You are a certified sicko. So I appreciate y'all, uh, whoever's here um, joining me tonight. Um, I apologize if this show is brief or not very good because quite frankly, there's just not much to go on right now because this was a just, just, you know, this was a scheduled loss once, 
the Mavericks decided Luka Doncic was not going to play with a quad injury. So first off, we don't know right now if Luka is playing tomorrow night, Saturday night against the San Antonio Spurs. Jason Kidd in his pregame media session uh, basically hunted that question when someone asked, you know, is Luka going to play? So we still don't know if this is a legit injury that's going to keep Luka out for multiple games or if they just needed something to put down on the injury report so they didn't have to say that he was out with rest because the NBA does not like it uh, when stars have rest next to them uh, on the injury report when they uh, when they uh, did not play. So we'll see. Don't have any more updates there. Um and I apologize, my live camera will probably go on and off because I have a crappy USB camera from Amazon from a brand I don't even know um, that I ordered during the pandemic when all webcams were basically sold out for months because everyone needed a webcam to work from home. So mine randomly uh, goes in and out. So I apologize. I'll try to keep track of that as I'm clicking around on tabs and, and box scores and, and trying to do this live podcast. So, yeah, so we don't know uh, when Luke is coming back. We know for sure that that Kyrie, Josh Green, Maxi Kleba, and Derek Lively are not going to play tomorrow because last time Kid talked about those guys before the Clippers game, he said there's no timetable uh, for them to return. So don't expect those guys back anytime soon. But Luca, I would expect back tomorrow, but, but we'll see. So this game. Um, I feel like to talk about this game, you know, we can't talk about the result. Like it's a crappy game, but if you know, if you're a Mavs fan, if you're legitimately distressed about losing a game like this, uh, you know, just kind of take a pause, stop and think about the um, the conditions. Just about no NBA team is going to win a game when what four your top four players are out, um, especially against a team like Houston, which is a winning team. They were 13-12 entering this game. They're 12-2 at home. So you're on the road against a team that's good at home, a winning record, and you're missing basically your entire, you know, rotation besides, you know, maybe two guys, two or three guys. So um, not a lot of NBA teams. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to lose a game uh, if they're playing against the Rockets on the road without Giannis, without Brooke Lopez, without Chris Middleton, and without Dame. So, you know, this isn't an alarming result, but we can definitely talk about maybe some of the micro things, of course. Um, and I feel like we should start with the good because obviously there wasn't a lot of it. <laughs> so let's start with it and let's, you know, let's at least talk about that. The bench, the end of the bench, the guys that played garbage time were great. Um, obviously, obviously it's garbage time. And I think there's a covet that we have to make, you know, the starters did not play well. They played very, very poorly. But and you look at how the way the end of the bench guys played the garbage time guys, and you're like, well, why didn't the starters play like that? You know, let's let's reset and realize that the garbage time guys were playing against you know Nate Hitton, Aaron Holiday, you know, Jake Lawndale, um, you know the end of the rock. You know, it was garbage time. You know, if 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 Tim Hardaway Jr. and Grant Williams and Jaden Hardy, you know, maybe got more burn in the fourth, they probably would have turned their games around a little bit. But, hey, it's garbage time. What are you going to do? And, and you know, the guys that the Mavericks play, they can't dictate who they're playing against. They just have to play hard when they get their minutes, and they did. So, obviously, the the three standouts to me were Omax Prosper, uh, 20 points, career high, first 20-point game. Uh, A.J. Lawson uh, had eight points. Not a big statistical night, 
but I thought his energy and effort was was really commendable, especially since he did get minutes before garbage time, before the fourth quarter. He had three steals. I thought he was he was pretty active. He felt like one of the few active defenders on the floor. Um, and then Dexter Dennis, of course, the two-league player, had 18 points in 17 minutes, five rebounds, four assists, like true summer league type game uh, from him. It, it was awesome. And, you know, really those guys didn't do anything special in terms of, you know, skill set. You know, it's not like they hit a bunch of threes when they're not normally three-point shooters. They just played hard and ran the floor. Um, they rebounded. They tried to defend as well as they could. They got out in transition. They attacked the rim. Um, and that's really all you can ask for from these guys. Uh, I don't know how much Dennis is you can translate into games that are meaningful. You know, he is a two-way player. Um, but it's it's just nice to see these moments. And, and maybe it's something that they could build off of. I, I think what these guys have, have earned at least is if there's another situation like this in the future, hey, maybe it's tomorrow night against the Spurs. If Luke is not playing, we're basically going to get the same rotation again. Play Dennis 30 minutes. Play Lawson 30 minutes. Play Omax 30 minutes. Again, he played 30 minutes. But Lawson was at 23 minutes. Dennis was at 17. Let's just see those guys play. If this is what it's going to look like with the starters when Luke is not out, I would rather see these guys, these younger uh, prospects uh, that seem to, you know, want to bust their ass to, to try to get minutes. Like, uh, you know, if the team's going to lose, I'd rather see them go down swinging with, with seeing if you could learn a bit more about some of these guys at the end of your bench than, you know, seeing Tim Hart. Like, I don't think anyone needs to see Tim Hardaway Jr. jack up 20 shots in 26 minutes um, and miss uh, 14 of them. He was 6 to 20 from the floor. You know, let's play, just play out, you know, if you're going to punt a game, if you're it, well, not necessarily punt, but if your injuries are going to force you to to kind of forfeit some of these games, um, why not let some of these younger guys get some more burn and let them, let them go if you're going to lose the game anyway. Um, so that's just my thinking. So I really like what Dennis did and Lawson did uh, and Prosper. Holmes, of course, was also another standout, um, but he's kind of, <laughs> if anyone's watched Holmes over the course of his career, he's kind of been a, gar- a garbage time king. Um, from his time in Philly um, and even his one season where he played a lot in Sacramento. Um, so that's not super surprising that he looked pretty productive uh, against, you know, the other teams under the bench guys. I think his night, at least you probably wonder why, why is he the third big? Why was he the third big tonight? You know, Mar- uh, Markeith Morris started, and then Dwight Powell was the first big off the bench, and those two did a whole lot of nothing. They combined for four points in 20 minutes, um, six rebounds, no blocks, no steals. So I'm not the biggest Holmes guy. Uh, you know, I don't know if he should be a mainstay in the rotation, but in a night, like, again, if they're going to be playing these games super shorthanded, I'm a little confused why he didn't really get into the game until the game was well, well over. So – that's another thing that I would change. So again, like what I saw from Omax um, specifically, because he's probably a guy that has an opportunity to see rotation minutes when things normalize a little bit. Obviously, Dennis is going to be much more of a spot guy with injuries, but Omax just kind of did the stuff that we, you know, kind of thought he would do. Um, you know, he attacked the rim pretty well. His jumper wasn't great. He was one of four from three. And again, he he made six shots, missed 17 of them. But he got the free throw line nine times. And he and he was really around the basket a lot, um, either presenting himself in the kind of the dunker spot 
for anyone that drove or, you know, cutting um, or slashing and attacking closeouts. Um, and then scoring in transition, he had a beautiful coast to coast, grabbing the rebound and going all the way to score. And I think that's always been the thing that pops out to me for him when I was watching, you know, college tape, when I was talking to people uh, that watched way more of him in college than I did watching him in summer league. The thing that I think differentiates him from your standard three and D kind of wing prospect is his ability to want to put his head down and get to the rim and have a nose for the rim. And, you know, normally you, these guys, uh, these archetype of players, you know, you want them to put the ball on the floor. And obviously Omax is a rookie. You want him to put the ball on the floor, but he's got some skill there uh, in terms of, uh, of get a knack of getting to the basket. Um, you know, again, not, not a guy that's going to see him running pick and rolls, but doing straight line drives, attacking off a closeout um, is a very useful skill in today's NBA as more and more teams are kind of, running these three and D specialists off the line. You need to be able to have something when someone closes out hard on you and takes away your open spot up three. And I've always felt prosper has a little bit of that compared to, you know, like you look at, you know, Dorian Finney Smith obviously turned himself into a really high quality NBA starter. But when you look at him, when Dorian was maybe his first year or so in the league, he had none of this. Um, He had none of this penchant for scoring or being around the basket or getting to the basket that Omax has. So Feel like that gives them a little bit of a head start development wise compared to maybe some of the three and D wings the Mavericks have had in the past. So that's exciting. Um, I'd like to see more of that. And again, even if Luca does play tomorrow, I it would still be fun to see a lot of Omax minutes if possible because because it's fun. It's fun to watch the young guys do stuff. If you're already playing a game like this where where the the, the, the cards are stacked against you because of injuries and you're probably going to lose anyway, you know, again, we'd like to see the young guys get some run. So this is going to be a shorter podcast, so we're only 13 minutes in. So I'm going to go ahead and do the spiel where if you are listening right now on the live stream, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It really helps a lot, especially with our issue with Apple Podcasts. Um, the more we can get out of YouTube, the better for us. Um, I'll just say it better first financially. Uh, Apple Podcast is kind of a, a big cash cow for us because obviously it's like the most listened to podcast platform because everyone in the universe or at least everyone in America has an iPhone. So pretty much everyone listens to their podcasts through Apple. Um, so we're we're struggling with that right now. We're trying to get it fixed with our Apple feed. So if you if you want to help us out a lot, liking and subscribing on YouTube is a, is a big, big boon. If you're listening to the audio only feed, um, please subscribe to that feed as well. Uh, if you're you know unable to do it on Apple because of the issues we have, uh, YouTube music, uh, Spotify, uh, Google podcasts, uh, those services, I believe are still working as well. So for the audio, uh, for the live show, we are going to take a quick break so we can fit in, uh, fit in an ad break. Uh, those of you listening to the uh, audio only um version of the show you'll get a little ad break those of you watching live on youtube we're just going to take a little break we're going to chill for a couple seconds get that ad break in and then we will be right back and we will talk about the rest of the mavericks uh blowout loss to houston again losing 122 to 96 we'll be right back we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. We're back. Kind of talked about the good stuff in the first half of the podcast. Um, the end of the bench guys who played really well. AJ Lawson, Omax Prosper, Dexter Dennis, uh, Rashawn Holmes. I even liked a little bit of what Greg Brown did. I know he only scored three points and, and missed all of his shots. Uh, but he had five rebounds in 12 minutes. He, he, he has some athleticism that's fun. He's another guy like I wouldn't mind seeing them throw him out there for like 20 minutes if it's going to be a non-competitive game like it was tonight. So so that was another one that kind of caught my eye. So unfortunately, probably need to talk about some of the bad. Um, I don't think this is a time to really crucify a lot of guys on the roster because, again, the Mavericks roster is still one made up of a team that requires its stars to function. The team does not have a lot of guys that can do a lot with the ball in their hands when Luka is not on the floor or even Kyrie Irving as well. But still, you would like your veterans to do just a little more. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jaden Hardy combined to shoot, if I'm doing my math right, 9 of 37, um, 24 points. Like, oof, Hardaway, 6 of 20, 2 of 8 from 3. Hardy was 3 of 17, 2 of 12 from 3. Um, that's bad, and especially when those are your somewhat proven scorers on a roster that's missing Kyrie and missing Luka. You just want a little bit more, and it, but it's tough because Houston is one of the best defenses in the league. They were fully healthy. I mean, they're starting lineup, Jabari Smith, Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, there's good defenders up and down the starting lineup. So it was going to be tough because those guys really need open spot-up looks from Luka to do what they do. But still having said that, oof, that was bad. Um, Jaden Hardy, once again, cannot finish uh, inside the rim. Um, he is a second year player, so I'm not going to be too hard on him. I think a lot of Mavs fandom is kind of out on him. And to be honest, he has played himself out of the rotation. I think when things were normal, um, but again, he is a second year player and he was the 37th pick in the draft. So you're talking about a second round pick in his second year. Um, there has to be, you know, some wiggle room here and that I don't think you can hop all the way off the Jaden Hardy train right now. But clearly, this was not a good performance from him. Um, so, uh, you know, that's not great. Hardaway, you know, what are you going to say? He's a gunner when when Luca. I mean, he's a gunner all the time. But when Luca or Kyrie are on the floor, it kind of stabilizes his shot selection. But when he is the guy that has the ultimate green light and there's no one else to stop him, I mean, this is kind of what it looked like when he was in New York um, for both of those stints. You know, not really much more to say him um i think the big one the that a lot of people are disappointed in is grant williams zero points oh five from the floor oh three from three four rebounds two assists two steals a block didn't have a great game against the clippers but 
did enough in the box score, you know, nine points, nine rebounds, four assists to block to kind of contribute a little bit there. He's in a bad way in the month of December. He's averaging right around, you know, nine points on 30% shooting from three, about 38% from the floor. He has been in double uh, single digit points now for five straight games Um, has only been in double figures twice in December you take that back to his November 18th game against the Milwaukee Bucks. He scored 14 points on 11 shots. Since then, he has played in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So 12 games since he played uh, November 18th against the Bucks. Uh, he's only been double figures for two of them. So 10 out of those 12 games, he's been in single digits. He hasn't shot the ball well at all. He's been... Um, one three-pointer or less in those games that he's been in single single digits. So 10 out of 12, only one three-pointer made or less. His defense is inconsistent at best. He seems to still do okay when he's guarding a big guy in the paint for his size, but his off-ball defense has not been good. His perimeter defense has not been good. He has not been able to help contain any dribble penetration. Guys are driving right by him. And he's lost his man off the ball probably way too much uh, in the half court. So not great. Um, but at the end of the day, he's still, you know, his season averages. I know no one really is going to care about this right now because it's kind of what have you done for me lately? He's at about 10 points, four rebounds on 39% shooting from three. And for a starter on a team with a winning record, I'll be honest, that's kind of what I expected from him before the season started. Uh, I think expectations were a little out of whack, and they need to be reset. I think when he the move that got him to Dallas, I think there was a lot of excitement because it's just, hey, a new young player um, that can start, a new starter. And, you know, That's exciting for a Mavericks team that has kind of shuffled through the same starters, same four or five starters next to Luka for the better part of the last three to four years. So the idea that they got some fresh blood, a 24-year-old forward that started in big playoff games for the Celtics, had big shots, guarded Giannis in a game seven very well, you know, it's pretty exciting. Uh, And I think some people thought he was like going to be legitimately be that third best player next to Luka and Kyrie. And when the acquisition happened, I tried to write, look, he's he's a great acquisition for this price. Even the way he's playing now, his contract is not that bad. He's 24, about to turn 25 years old. Um, he, he can hit three. He's been a sh- good shooter outside of the Mavericks Luka ecosystem, which is always a plus for me. Um, but look, he's not much more than you know the Dorians and the Reggie Bullocks that he's replacing. He is a guy that requires most of his offense to be created for him. He was 79% of his field goals were assisted last season with the Celtics. He was a mostly a spot-up guy, did not pick and pop, did not cut. Um, did not get a ton of offensive rebounds, did not drive, did not score in the paint a lot, um, which, hey, that's what Dorian and Reggie and some of these other 3 and D wings the Mavericks have had for a while. Um, so, again, it's just it's not that surprising. The thing that's probably the most surprising to me is I think his defense has been a little worse than expected. Um, the Mavericks are still overall a bad defensive team. You would think Grant – his, I think his reputation might have outstretched what he actually brings on the floor defensively because he's had those monster playoff games. I mean, when you hold Giannis to a crappy shooting night and a game seven and your team wins, I think that goes a long way towards your defensive reputation. 
And, you know, I had a follower point out to me on Twitter that maybe he considers himself more of a 16 game player than an 82 game player, which, um, you know, for those of you 16 game player, like a playoff guy instead of a regular season guy, maybe that is, maybe he, he rises, he'll rise to the occasion in the playoffs, um, when they get there. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I just, you know, to me, I understand that there's some frustration with his performance, but his performance is just not that much more out of line than what I expected. Now, the caveat to that is if this slump continues, if we are in the middle of January, if we are in the middle of February and Grant is at eight points per game, shooting like 37% from three, um, then that's a problem. Then we are going to get, you have to get talked into this has been a disappointing season and things like that. Um, and I, I tried to, when I write that piece, I wrote that piece, you know, I pointed out the things about his offensive, his offensive game, which is not that dissimilar. And also, you know, last season with the Celtics did not end well for him. He got benched uh, toward the end of the season, did not play a bunch in the playoffs. And, you know, there was a lot of talk from Boston media about what that was about. Did he lose faith from coach Joe Missoula? Um, his defense, uh, the Celtics defense was worse with him on the court in the playoffs last season uh, than when it was with him on. Um, I think some Boston players like Tatum and Brown, I think publicly supported him um, despite the fact that he was getting benched, but there was some weirdness in Boston last season. Um, And then the hope was if you're a glass half full is that maybe just being in a new environment, new team, new city, playing with Luca, that maybe some of that weirdness would not carry over. But I mean, chemistry wise, I don't think there's anything weird. You know, Boston had weird chemistry issues last season. I'm not seeing that with the Mavericks right now, but clearly there's just something off with Grant um, and he needs to pull himself out of it. And I think, excuse me. I think he has earned the benefit of the doubt to pull himself out of the slump. Again, we're not even to Christmas. Um, I don't think these last 12 games erase the first seven or 10 games he played. Um, I feel like everyone's kind of judging him for these last 10 and forgetting about how good he was in the first seven. If you're asking me which play, which stretch of games is more in, indicative of the player he is, I would say neither. I would say he's probably in between what he's shown. He's not as good as those first seven games but I don't think he's as bad as these last 12. So we'll have to see, but it is disappointing in a game like this that he just didn't rise to the occasion. Didn't look like one of the veterans. And when a guy like Dexter Dennis can come off two way guy and just kind of blow his production out of the water. And this is a, a guy you're counting on to be a core starter for your team. Yeah. It's time to ask some questions. I, I totally get it. But for me, I'm just not there totally yet. Uh, I think he's, earn the benefit of the doubt to climb his way out of this hole that he's in, but it's, there's no doubt that he's in a, he's in a major slump. So we'll see. Uh, otherwise not much to talk about, you know, can't really kill this team for this game with the way uh, the roster is shaked out. Uh, hopefully Luca can play tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs. So we'll see from there. Uh, you know, the Mavericks standings wise, they're 16 and 12. This is, not a great time to have a bunch of injuries. The Mavericks are now seventh in the West. The Pelicans just jumped ahead of them. They're 17 to 12. 
the Rockets are now right behind the Mavericks at 14, 12, but, but some of the other teams in the West are like Suns, Lakers, Warriors. There's some teams that are going through some issues right now. So I don't know if I would worry about the Mavericks falling out of the 10th, you know, the playing spot with these injuries, but you know, let's see if they can hold down the fort a little bit Uh, point differential. They are now, uh, they're now ninth in the West in point differential doesn't help when you have these games without Luca, without all these players, but we'll see Uh, the schedule's not getting any easier. They get a break. I mean, they have to play a back-to-back tomorrow. Um, but they're going to be playing some pretty decent or at least competitive teams. You know, they're not going to get a ton more games against, you know, the bottom of the conference for the the next week or so. So the Mavericks need to get healthy and they need to get right quick because the West is so bunched up right now that they could drop in the standings even further if they can't uh, figure a way to get this uh, figured out and get healthy. So I think that's going to do it for me. Uh, 26 minutes on a game like this on a Saturday, on a Friday night uh, feels like a lot. So I appreciate you guys uh, watching. Sorry when I'm by myself, it's hard for me to kind of talk and look at the comment section and answer questions. So I'm sorry. I couldn't really get to answer questions um, and we're not going to do a live show because I need to go to bed. I think we're not going to do a fan show. So, I, but we'll maybe, maybe do one tomorrow. Cause Kirk, I think might be back tomorrow. So we'll see. So again, I appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, You've listened to me babble on two nights in a row. So I really appreciate it. Talking by yourself uh, is not, not, not a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, but, but Hey, I have a, I have a good time with you guys. It's really fun. I mean, there's what, there's 69 of you guys watching right now. That's really cool. Um, That's way more than there needs to be on a Friday night after this game. So uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, I really love our community, love our fan base. Uh, I think we, we're building something pretty cool here. So you guys are the best. Thank you. Um, this is Pod Maverick after dark. Mavericks again uh, get thumped by the Houston Rockets 122 to 96. We will be back hopefully full show tomorrow night after the Mavericks play uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. We will talk to you guys then. Take it easy. Happy holidays. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com